Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Wrestling vs. World Podcast. If you're enjoying your day, sweet, if not, whatever. So, I was going to get to the next little series that I was going to do here on the podcast, talk about the three different times or runs that Jericho had in WWE, but I'm going to put that to the next episode because I just, as I'm recording this, I just watched this documentary that I never knew existed. I honestly never knew it existed because I never heard of research before this. And that there was actually a documentary on VH1 that was technically a precursor to Hogan Oates Best. It's called VH1 Inside Out Hulk Hogan Stage Dad. It's, I think it's supposed to do like documentaries like some families or something like that within the music industry. Because of course VH1 back when they played music and they followed the Hogan family. With this whole thing essentially being, just like what we see with Hogan Knows Best as the reality show, a way to promote Brooke Hogan's music career. So it's like a one-hour special, and I thought I would break down what happens. If you guys want to see this, I know it's here on YouTube. It was uploaded about, yeah, somewhere around last year, but they're doing this. It kind of like feels like the format of the show. And we're meeting with the family, Brooke, Linda, Hulk, Nick. And at this point, it seems a little weird. We're seeing Nick with long hair and everything. So it looks like Nick Carter, if he just gave up on life. No offense there. And you see some stuff with the family, like having breakfast and everything. And we find out a weird quirk about Hogan was that he would get out. They would show a lot of the animals that they had there, a big list of them. And I know some of the footage that we see here in this documentary, we would also see kind of shown with Hogan knows best sporadically. But we find out, even out of all the animals that they ever have, Hulk has a lot of fish. And any that die, they actually keep. Hulk likes to keep them in the freezer for some reason. And Brooke, for some reason, decides to show them off in a little container that they got. What do you need to save the dead fish for? (laughs) What? But then they're starting to show that, hey, Brooke is trying to get in the music industry. And I believe this, according to what I'm seeing, this whole thing was done around 2004 because... At this time, Nick was like 13 and Brooke was 15, showing that she's working hard on getting her music career started and everything. And she's trying to work a deal with Lou Pearlman, who I did not realize until I did research while watching this that this guy was a complete con artist with the whole Ponzi scheme shit. And of course, he's dead. Burn in hell, Pearlman. But he worked with a bunch of other bands that we saw get big back in the day. But, like, she's trying to work on her music and working with him. And we also see some backstage other stuff with the family, like Hulk showing his memorabilia room, which we saw a couple times during Hogan Knows Best, like, saying he's got pinball machines and boots and posters with himself because he's got to have that in the house. And we also see they showed Brooke getting ready for the national anthem. And, of course, she doesn't know the words. Then again, who really memorizes those in the first place? And she ends up singing the national anthem at a Tampa Bay Lightning hockey game. Followed by Hulk, of course, hyping up the crowd. Brother, brother, brother. Oh, muscles and all that shit. But then Brooke is getting ready to start doing work on new singles. But there's an issue that happens before then because before she's supposed to go out and start recording on her new material, Hulk has to have hip surgery. And I know they kind of showed a bit of footage within Hogan Knows Best about showing Hulk's injuries where he, so when he has tape on the side of his hip. That's where this came from, because he's laying up in bed, they had to take a bone out and put, like, I think they called it a bionic hip, so he was pretty much bedridden there his whole time, and he couldn't be there, but Brooke was working on her music, trying to, struggling to hit notes, because she's having times where her voice is cracking, like, and all that crap, so she's getting, like, at least three hits done, 
and they have like this gathering party with Lou Pearlman, and he actually brings a radio edit of one of her songs, so she, he's playing it on for the whole speaker system, everybody's hearing him. Brooke doesn't seem all too happy about it, because I think what she's saying here is that she doesn't like to sing music that she doesn't write. So it's kind of getting to her to where she can't be overly excited just yet. Keywords? Just yet. So then later on, they're going out doing performances and everything, and Brooke is out in a hotel, but then Hulk is still there with Nick, because Hulk's still limited on mobility while he's getting ready to attend the show. And Brooke is like, oh yeah, give me some of my clothes. But they're constantly calling her. It's like, we can't figure out your clothes. And this is why I hate when people go desperately shopping because then they got a shitload of clothes. You never know how they organize everything because they're looking through every closet, which is like a shitload of them for shoes and dresses and everything. It's like, Brooke, you don't need that many clothes. Get like a, probably like 10 shirts at most that you can go through like swapping through or some dresses and you don't need like every clear plastic shoe or whatever the hell that you need in the freaking universe in your closet because otherwise your family would not have struggled to figure out what outfit you wanted because they couldn't memorize it or have it written down exactly what you wanted because you know your closet better than anybody else but they go to the performances pretty much a good hit everything's fine then afterwards brooke is doing this whole autograph meet and greet signing and they've got this weird guy named Andrew who seems like they're creeping on him. And you see Ashley there, who would Brooke's best friend. You see her in Hogan Knows Best. And later on, was one of the main people in Brooke Knows Best. But, like, they've got this eye on this guy who seems like a creep. And Hogan's coming down. you got Knobs pushing him in the wheelchair. He's getting his own autograph, like a heart on his shoulder by Brooke. And then she's signing his autograph for him. Saying, like, oh, to the best dad ever. He wants it big personalized because... Of course, it's Hulk. He's got to have it his way. Just like Burger King, eh? And we see a bit of a glimpse. We see the... For some reason, they show their beach house. Even though they barely show any footage of it. And Hogan's laying on his back playing the ukulele on the floor. And then, after Hulk gets with his contact, he sends some of his like samples that they got of Brooks music out there. They're talking to Lou on the phone and talking about the results. Saying that all three were smash hits. I can't remember the name of the three songs because I didn't care. But they're trying to do everything they can to uh, get the stuff out there. And then in the meantime, as well after this, Brooke is going around doing all these promotional pieces like with like interviews and going to New York and photo shoots, magazine stuff. I know there was some TV show, I think it was called Famous Last Names or something. So they're doing interviews there at the house with there. And she, when she goes to New York, she's coming across this weird guy and what looks like a diaper playing a guitar that has the word naked on the strand. And during the filming, the of female police officer or traffic guard or whoever comes along saying, no, she's got to get out of here. You're going to get a ticket because you're holding up traffic with your limo. So they got to get the hell out of there. Then they're going on this private jet going somewhere, and they come across the now late Aaron Carter. Yes, brother Nick Carter, who is now one of three people that actually was in this documentary that passed away. He also had Rich Cronin, who was an LFO who was helping Brooke with her music during the time when Hulk was away because of his recovery. He's passed away. Lou Perlman has passed away. And now Aaron Carter's passed away. But, like, he's going on a plane ride. I, I don't know, remember what he was going on there for some reason, but he couldn't attend. Like, I think they were maybe going to a Tampa Bay Lightning's game because Brooke was wearing a Tampa Bay Lightning shirt. I mean, she was also at one point wearing a WrestleMania 19 hoodie for some reason. But he's on the plane going somewhere or whatever. He can't join them for their festivities. And then at the end of this documentary, everybody's in the limo, they're going somewhere, and they're listening to the radio, and Brooks 
one of Brooke's singles finally gets played on the radio and she is just absolutely in shock, crying tears of joy that finally her music is being played. It's like, a, it's a big moment for her because who wouldn't want their music being played on the radio and hearing it for the first time thinking that they're finally getting big? But then they don't tell you later on that Brooke's uh, album actually never ended up getting released. I know they mentioned it on a different Hulk Hogan documentary. I don't know if it was like with any or biography or each Hollywood story. It was one of those things that Brooke had an album at this time afterwards, but it just never released. And then she eventually had her first album, which had that song about us. We saw the production of it during Hogan Knows Best, but this is like her precursor to start getting focused on her music, trying to get that promotion and all that. And that's what this whole thing was as a precursor as well to Hogan Knows Best, because this is the whole point. Hulk like, it also shows why Brooke loves her dad so much, because he went out of his way to try to make sure that she was able to attend her, do her career, make sure she practiced, make sure he's always there for her and everything. I mean, of course, like, with Hogan back then, he had the money to do so. Nowadays, uh, not so much. But, I mean, this overall document, that whole documentary wasn't actually that bad. I mean, like I said, it felt like there were... It was like a test pilot of sorts with Hogan Knows Best, even though I know it wasn't because this stuff was filmed about almost a year before Hogan Knows Best really started filming their stuff because the Hogan Knows Best stuff was starting to get filmed even before WrestleMania at 21 and everything because you saw the stuff with the Hall of Fame induction. So this was like a while before they even greenlit the show. But this, overall, not bad. But again, the whole documentary was showing like Hulk being kind of strict because saying like no dating and everything, which we would see constantly in Hogan Knows Best and being a protective father. But a lot of this showed the focus of, hey, Brooke is his daughter. She's trying to get into music. Get invested in it. But of course I couldn't because, again, we saw that with my reviews of Hogan Knows Best. That those episodes talk, showing her career in music and trying to get big, I didn't care. But, I mean, the documentary was kind of fun. You saw some comedic moments. Again, we would get more used to it as Hogan Knows Best went along, but it was fine. I was just surprised I never knew this existed in the first place, so I came across it on a YouTube search. But, like I said, if you all want to see this, it should be here, hopefully still on YouTube. Just look up VH1 Hulk, uh, Hulk Hogan Stage Dad or something like that. It's called VH1 Inside Out Hulk Hogan Stage Dad. You search up a few terms, I'm sure you'll find it. It's about almost 43 minutes long, so of course the uploader dug out the commercials. Thank you for that. But, I mean, overall, this wasn't bad. So, if you guys want to see it, like I said, check it out. And let me know what y'all thought in the comment section below. Because, again, it's, it feels a little weird when they're constantly doing stuff to promote Brooks' music. Because that just felt like anything that Hulk was doing at this time. is like, oh, gotta get Brooks' music out there. And, yeah, it's a father worrying for his daughter. But, I mean, she didn't have that many hit singles even after this documentary. Because I think she had maybe one or two memorable songs, and that was it. And then the only thing we also remember her for after this was her own reality show and then being a TNA. And I don't want to relive that. So anyway, if hope, that's going to sell for today's episode, folks. If you enjoyed, please remember to leave a like, comment what you thought below, subscribe with the bell, turn on if you're listening to this on YouTube, or follow if you're listening to this episode on any other service that this podcast is available on. And I'll catch you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out, and good day, everybody.